Unstoppable Success Radio, Episode 20. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio, where I bring you proven and profitable strategies to achieve your goals no matter where you're starting from today. Ready to crush your goals this year? Text the word Profit Class to 44222 to get your invitation to a brand new masterclass that I'm hosting absolutely free that's designed to help you create a profit breakthrough in your business fast. Simply text the word Profit Class, that's all one word, to 44222 to reserve your spot today. Welcome everybody to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am so excited to have Lisa Dad here with me today. She is the author of the newly released Finding Fabulous, Paving the Path Between Paycheck and Passion. Lisa transformed her life from being busy in a successful career for a Fortune 100 firm to rediscovering passion, meaning, and purpose in life. She now speaks, consults, and teaches others how to transform their lives to reflect their highest values and true meaning and purpose in their lives. Lisa, I am thrilled to have you on the show today and super excited that we could catch you literally in the middle of your book launch here. So congratulations and welcome. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, it's exciting time. Really excited to have you here. So, you know, this podcast is all about helping people to achieve unstoppable success in their business and their life. And, you know, one of the things that I believe is so important on your journey to achieving your goals in life is making sure that those goals really reflect the authentic you, you know, that your goals on the outside reflect your true self on the inside. So tell me a little bit, Lisa, about your tipping point. I want to know about that moment when you knew that life had to change for you. And I'm assuming that was also the beginning of your journey in writing this book. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, there was a, a very specific tipping point uh, for me. Uh, I had been in a, a corporate job for 15 years, and I think I always knew, I always had this sense that I was going to do something else. But I kind of, you know, got, you know, as many of us do, got busy in the day-to-day grind. I was doing really well in my company. Every time I started to feel restless, they would promote me into a new position. And so I sort of went along with that for the longest time. And yet over the years, it felt like with each successive promotion, instead of being uh, happier in my success, I actually was having a a greater sense of dissatisfaction and, and unhappiness. And it, it sort of got to the point where each successive promotion was actually not really, um, wasn't lighting me up anymore. It wasn't exciting me. Um, and the biggest moment for me was at a time when my company was about to undergo a big downsizing. And normally the downsizings for me had been actually opportunity because they would restructure the, the uh, environment and I would end up getting a promotion out of the deal. This time I started started to realize as all of the people around me were starting to really get nervous about whether or not they would have a job or not, I realized that I was more afraid of keeping my job than I was of losing it. Mm. And yeah, that was the big aha for me. I thought, how, how crazy is that? Everybody else is afraid to lose it. And I'm here thinking, what if I keep it and I'm stuck here for another however many years? 
Wow, that is an incredible story. Well, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, I, I obviously coach entrepreneurs and business owners and I help them grow their business. And, you know, many of them have this story very similar to yours. It's really interesting. It's like the people who have found the most success in in one arena tend to be the ones that realize like that 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 level of success that they were achieving, it just isn't a match for what's in their heart or what's in their soul or, you know, what's on their inside. And, you know, it's something different that they're seeking that no amount of exterior promotions or no amount of money can satisfy, right? Yeah. And I think I, I found that a lot with the people that I was interviewing for the book is that, you know, it's like we ask ourselves as soon as we get out of university or out of high school, even, you know, what do we want to do with our lives? And then we get busy doing our lives and we stop asking ourselves those important questions about what do I really want from my life? What do I want from my career? What kind of impact do I want to make? Um, you know, I, I really I stopped asking those questions and all of a sudden I looked and went, whoa, how did I get here? You know, mm -hmm. and I may have gotten everything I wanted, but along the way, I think our desires for, for what we want evolve as we get older. Absolutely. Oh, I think that's that's a hundred percent true. I know that's that's been my experience as well. So no, that's that's very true. So you know, you made this transformation. You knew you were like, okay, you know, I cannot do this anymore. I need to begin this journey. Um, tell us a little bit about you know, kind of what what gets you up in the morning now. Like, what's your biggest motivator? What's that thing that you jump out of bed in the morning that you just can't wait to do? Yeah, you know, it's and it's it's evolved, I think, since I left, because when I left, the interesting thing was, is I knew I knew in my heart of heart that it was the right decision, but I had no idea what I actually wanted to do. And so I gave myself six months. I said, you know, if I haven't figured it out in six months, then I could always go back. Mm -hmm. And um, six months after I made the decision, the one thing I knew was I wasn't going back. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. And I think through this process, because I in, I kept uh, meeting all these interesting people who had had these incredible um, career transformations that resulted in these major life shifts um, that I became really, really passionate about um, that whole idea of designing the life that you want, you, that not waiting for a perfect job to land in your lap, but that the fact that you could actually create one and that in today's environment, that it was more probable than ever that you could actually be successful at that. And so what gets me out of bed in the morning is that whole idea of spreading that idea to people that are sort of feeling stuck and they want to make a change, but they're not so sure how they can do it and what does that look like. And I just, you know, it lights me up to start saying, oh my gosh, you could do this. You could do so many things. And I, I start to hear what they're passionate about. And I think, oh my God, I would have, you know, I would have died to, to be so clear on my passions when I was sitting in my corporate job. You know, it took me a while to figure out what it was. And it turns out my passion is actually helping other people um, create the plan for their lives and how they can actually make a living off their passions. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I mean, it's really interesting because, you know, what, what was very intriguing to me about having you on the show is that you really help people do that through lifestyle design. I help people do that through designing and building their dream business. And, you know, it's uh, it's that same end result of that alignment and of achieving that that full true potential that you have. And, you know, I think for everybody listening, I think the key thing here and, and Lisa, you already mentioned it. And I know I talk about this a lot is like, you know, we have an innate human instinct 
instinct, a desire to want to feel safe and to have certainty. And in order to achieve that next level in life, that next level in your business, that next level of happiness, of passion, fulfillment, whatever it is, a lot of times you have to let go of one ring in order to grasp the next. And I think I heard some kind of statistic recently that like 80% of people, or maybe it's even more than that now, who knows, are totally dissatisfied in their work. And I mean, the work is the majority of your waking hours, right? So it's crazy that people feel stuck in their own life. And I think what it is, and Lisa, I would love for you to speak to this a little bit, you know, I think, and you know, people are so busy today and I think they have more responsibility than other. I think the cost of living has gone up tremendously. And, you know, in most household, you know, both, you know, husband and wife are now working. I think a lot of people feel literally stuck. Like they can't make a move because their responsibilities are so great and it would be so difficult to pull it off that it's not realistic or not possible for them. So, you know, I know I see that in the business world. I would love for you to share, you know, when you're helping someone to really get unstuck in their life and helping them to to move the needle and create that first breakthrough that shows them this is also possible for you. What does that look like or how do you get that process started with someone? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I love the analogy that you made there with, um, uh, you know, you're working on the career and I'm working on the life. And it was interesting because I sort of fell into that space in a way, because when I started interviewing people, it was because I was interested in these major career shifts that they made. And as I started working with people, I thought, I don't know that I'm really um, going to continue working with people solely on career, because the mm-hmm. more I dug into what what that transformation Mm -hmm. looked like for these people because there were major changes. They didn't make a sort of a little tiny shift. They made big changes. And what I found was I was really fascinated by the shift that occurred in their life in general. You know, the whole change of what they want for their life, what they want their family life to look like, what they want their, their, um, you know, their hobbies, how they change their definition of success changes and how, how they measure their own happiness changes. And it just fascinated me that the career was the impetus for it, but the, the more we dug into it, the more I realized um, that, you know, we always talk about work-life balance, certainly in the corporate world. That's the buzzword, right? Mm-hmm. Work-life balance. And we all know that's that's bunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? But, you know, I, I love this concept of, of work of integration, life mm-hmm. integration and integrating all of the key parts of your life. And work is just a, a piece of that puzzle. Um, but as you said, you know, 80% of people we know are unsatisfied. And the stat actually is 30% of those people are actually miserable. So, oh. you know, it goes beyond just people feeling sort of, eh, I don't like my job, but what can I do? You know, the other thing you you talked about, though, was the idea of this safety, this concept of safety, and, and people have mortgages and cost of living is going up. And so certainly every time I have this conversation with someone, the topic of money comes up. It's obviously why there's a tra- chapter on money in my book. <laughs> I thought I can't write this book without you know, addressing the money issue. Um, but what was interesting with a bunch of the interviews that I did um, is this whole concept of safety came up because I spoke to some people that had made a major change in their career only to realize that about six months to a year later, the position that they had so bravely left was eliminated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we don't live in a world anymore where people, where, where it's as common to just sign up to a company, plant your, your spot, 
for 30 years, retire, and they take care of you. It's not. It's it's more and more common every day that we hear about major layoffs. We hear about companies folding. We hear about all of these things. And so I think that whole traditional sense of if you work for a large firm, a large corporation, um, and there's lots of um, you know options for mobility, but there's also this sense that there's safety. And then all of a sudden, this corporation like does layoffs and they cut their they cut their employment in half. And where was that safety then? So, you know, my eyes have changed completely to that. And I think, you know, entrepreneurs, it's, it's easy to say it's not as safe being an entrepreneur. But, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, at the very least, you see it coming <laughs> because you're in your business every day. And so it's a little bit different than just um, hoping and praying that the corporation you work for is going to take care of you forever. Well, that I mean, that couldn't be more true. And, and I talk about it all the time. I mean, I, I think at this stage in the game, um, where we are globally in the economic environment that we're in, I mean, it is there's nothing more risky than your family's well-being relying solely on a corporation or a company or anything outside of yourself for for your livelihood. Because I mean, at someone's whim, they can wake up, um, you know, wrong side of the bed in the morning and that that dream can be over. Um, you know, and if you're an entrepreneur, yes, it is hard work and, you know, it, it takes a little while to really build the momentum and actually achieve the freedom that can and should come with owning your own business. But you are in control of that and you have the ability to make that happen if you're willing and if you're able and if you invest in yourself to the level that you need to to get there. Um, but no, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I really think that that safety, uh, that that perception, I guess, of safety uh, really has to be gone at this point. And I think it's it's incredibly important um, for people to wake up and realize, you know, it's time for us to take control of our own destinies and, you know, a- align our highest potential with the difference that we can make in the world and, and how we can serve and, and use our gifts in a bigger way, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I often will say to people, too, it's, it's not that my book is telling everybody to go out and quit their jobs and be an entrepreneur, because there are a lot of good companies out there still. I, my book more dares people and, and encourages people to continually to ask themselves the right questions so that even if you are in an organization, I actually um, interviewed um, one gentleman in the book who ended up staying in his corporation. But he, he came to a, a place. He actually took a three. He called it a three week. What did he call it? Um, a radical sabbatical and he meditated and he ran and he journaled and he started asking all the important questions about what he wanted out of his life and he realized he wasn't happy although he worked for this amazing company and so uh, you know unusual but he walked in the door and suggested to them a completely new position (laughs) he created himself a position and proposed it to his company and uh, luckily for him they actually accepted it and gave him this position after they did a little bit of negotiation so I don't think that it's impossible to do within a corporation I think it's just that we need to continue to be aware of what we want from our lives and how happy or unhappy we are in the situation we're at so that we don't sit dormant sort of allowing you know life to just happen to us I perfect. I think that's a perfect summary. I couldn't agree more. So, um, Lisa, I want to talk a little bit about feeding the soul. I think that, you know, one of the things that I've realized as I've grown as a person and, and kind of matured over the years and, and, you know, developed that, you know, feeding the soul is such an important part of life. And, you know, making sure that your own well is is full so that you can then give to others, whether it's, you know, being truly present for your family or invested in the relationship 
relationships and the people that matter to you, um, your spouse, whatever the case. Um, tell me a little bit about what you do to feed your soul and maybe how you help some of the people that you're now consulting with and, and helping with this lifestyle redesign. You know, How do you help them to begin that process or what are some tips that you can give the listeners on that? Yeah, um, you know, for myself, it was one of those things. I'm glad you you brought this up. I love this idea of food for the soul. And this is something I had to learn because I think the first year really that I, after I left corporate, I was, I call it decorporatizing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to really sort of recalibrate how I, you know, there's a, there's a, I speak about it in my book, but there was a point when I was, I was speaking with a life coach at the time and she asked me one simple question. She said, what brings you joy? And the simple question actually brought me to tears because I didn't have an answer for her. And it, I thought, how sad is that? That mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say to her. I started, mm-hmm. I started thinking of things that she wanted me to say, right? Well, I like this and I like that. You know, I like to travel. And, and she said, no, 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 no. Like, what brings you joy? And so, I, you know, I think that's been part of my journey as well is rediscovering what brings me joy. And some of the greatest times for me and the really fed my soul, if you will. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I took a six-week road trip with my dog, literally just put my dog in the car, threw a couple things in the back, had no agenda. I had a rough plan sketched out. I drove across the United States, up into Western Canada, came all the way down the coast. And I literally, that first day I was standing on the shores of Lake Michigan and the sun was shining on me and the wind was in my hair and it was in September and I knew everybody was just going back to the grind. My teacher friends were going back to teaching. My business colleagues were going back into the grind after, you know, uh, summer vacations. And I thought, how free is it that I can just go wherever I want right now, whenever I want. And that experience, although not everybody's allowed to take, you know, can take that time to do that, but the experience of just exploring new places um, without an agenda, I was just so open and so curious to everything that I came across. And that time in my life, I think I produced the most writing you know, I was, I, the writing just, fl- just flowed from me at that. I didn't even have to try. It wasn't like it was forced. It wasn't like I was like, sit down, I have to write something today. It was just like, oh, wow. I would see like a tree and it would be like, oh, <laughs> I'd have these like grand epiphanies of what it could mean for my life. And, um, I think it was just because I was in that space of openness and flow. And, um, it was a, a really special time. I was just, I just wanted to comment on that for a second because, you know, one of the things that I think is so incredibly important about living a rich life, a truly rich and fulfilling life is actually creating white space. You know, I think that in this life that we live, you know, constantly connected to technology, so busy, every moment scheduled out, the calendar's full before we even wake up in the morning, things are buzzing and beeping and dinging, you know, create white space, an actual little space on the canvas of your life that can be filled in with new and different enriching experiences. And I think that we underestimate as human beings how much that impacts every area of our life, our productivity, our success, our relationships, our happiness. And so it's interesting that you pointed out travel as, you know, one of those experiences that really fed your soul, because I have found personally for me, some of my best, most memorable, exciting times in my life were were absolutely the journeys and the explorations when I was traveling. Yeah, 
it's it, it is a special thing and I've always loved traveling but I realize now the difference between you know I was traveling a lot for work as well so I would like zip into like I think I went, I went to Russia once for four days it was like we landed you know right. goes, yep. I'm like someone says how long does it take to get there and my joke was four days exactly yeah <laughs> um, yep. you know so there's a difference between um, you know traveling for those sakes and just traveling for for your own personal enjoyment but you know you asked me what I suggest to people that I work with and and I also suggest that you can find – you don't actually have to go to Russia or, you know, climb Mount Everest to find that space for yourself. It can be as simple as, you know, visiting a new place in the city that you've never been to, sitting at a cafe – and watching people walk by with no other agenda other than to sip your tea and watch walk watch what walks by and just start to notice things. Um, noticing is a big thing that I – it sounds funny, really, but it's like I didn't notice what I was noticing until I gave myself the space to do that. It's like I'm in this – you're like you said, beeping and buzzing and the, the emails are going off. You know, in the corporate world, I you know get 100 emails a day and the phone was constant. And it wasn't until I actually allowed myself some – that white space. I love the term that you're using, the white space, to just sort of sit and notice what's happening around you. It can be as simple as that. Yeah, no, that's I I couldn't agree more. I mean, even just I'm thinking a few weeks ago, my husband, it was like, you know, evening, I was wrapping up my calls for the day. It was a long day. It started at five in the morning for me. We have a 19 month old daughter. And you know, he was like, Come on, I want to I want to show you this special spot, you know, come with me. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. I just want to relax. I need five minutes. He's like, No, he's like, you know, trust me, you know, you're, you're gonna love this. And we got in the car and he takes me it's a, literally one mile from our house. And it's this running water for this you know this local creek that's right by the house and all the leaves were falling and it was quiet and it was beautiful and it was just nature and I cannot even express in words the difference in the feeling and we both felt it and we brought my daughter with us and I was like wow you know you can go somewhere a mile from your house and remove everything and completely get in a totally different space and you know just mentally and physically relax and kind of get in tune with yourself again in a way that you know everyday life working in your office being busy going through the motions of the day just doesn't allow and so you know I, I, I love everything that you're saying about that Lisa because you're right it doesn't need to be a journey across the world you don't have to quit your job right you don't have have to cut off all ties you know it can be take 30 minutes for yourself I know something that really changed my life was after I had my daughter Madison I started um, meditating you know every mm -hmm. day for you know 20 minutes in the morning it made my like quiet time before the fury unleashed and things got <laughs> crazy in the house and I, I will honestly say it changed my life and I started getting my family members to do it and my mom and you know she to this day you know will tell you she's like it completely changed my life and so that's what I think is really powerful about the work that you're doing Lisa is like you're really paying that message forward and getting people to like stop for a moment and just say like, hey, you know, did you get lost in the busyness? Like, are you being intentional about what you really want? Because like you can have it. You just have to, um, you know, kind of snap out of the zombie state, which I think we all kind of get caught up in every now and then and, you know, take that moment. Right. Well, and I love I love the word intentional when you said that because I think that's – meditation is a big one. And it seems that every every time I read a success story or I listen to a new podcast or I read a new book, it seems that 
successful people meditate. Mm -hmm. Like it just seems to be one of those common Mm -hmm. things. Gratitude journals, meditation, but intentional. It's intentionally looking for that space. So, you know, I know lots of busy people that say, oh, I just need to get a minute to slow down. I just need to get a minute to slow down. But when they say it, it's almost like they're waiting for a little fairy to come fly by and drop this this space in their lap instead of saying, no, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to meditate. And, you know, I had one of the, um, actually one of the fab finders, the the people I interviewed in my book, I call them fab finders. Um, He's a yogi. And he said to me, he said, if you, if you don't have time to meditate, then you need to stop and meditate. Mm -hmm. That's your sign. That's your sign. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And you can actually create more space in your life by doing that. And it seems counterintuitive. And I think if you had told me that five years ago when I was on, I was on the treadmill rat race, whatever you want to call it, I would have thought you were crazy. But it is amazing to me. Uh, the best thing that ever happened to me was I got a dog mm-hmm. because my dog teaches me so many things. But, you know, when I'm working too hard and I haven't taken a break, he comes and rams his head into yes. my arm. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, okay, fine. We'll go for a walk, right? <laughs> yes. The second I get out there, the second I actually start walking, and I'm like, oh, it's actually really nice. This is great, <laughs> like, right? Yes. Yeah. And I never, never, never um, regret it when I'm out there. And so it's so nice. So uh, that's my one piece of advice to people. If you can't find time to go for a walk, get a dog. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And I love what you said about the fact, because I have absolutely found this to be true. You know, I, I think I get more done in two hours a day than most people do in 10. And I am not exaggerating. And I take time to do gratitude exercises every day. I take time to exercise. I take time to meditate. And I think what you said is so powerful. And it's that it's in doing those things that you then become so intentional. And by being intentional, you do create more space. And I think, you know, Earlier on in my career, just like you said about yours, earlier on in my career, my attitude would have been like, I don't have time for that, right? Like, I need to keep moving. I need to keep doing this. And now it's that getting calm, being incredibly focused, being so intentional. And it's from that step backwards that you actually spring forward. And I think that's what our lifestyle, you know, it's not obvious. It's counterintuitive, right? Yeah, definitely counterintuitive. And I I think it's something that's hard to explain to somebody until they actually start to do the practice of it. So Mm -hmm. uh, even myself, when I started, when I learned how to meditate, I I actually, I made my, I paid, I paid for a really fairly expensive course to teach me how to meditate because I had just come from the corporate world. I was like the idea of sitting down for five minutes and being quiet. I thought, oh gosh, I'm going to go crazy. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put enough financial investment in this that it's something that I'll actually do. (laughs) So once I'm invested in it, but so the first two or three weeks I was, you know, religious with it. I meditated twice a day, every day, just without stop. And I really wasn't sure what benefit I was getting out of it. I was like, oh, I think it's good. I'm not really sure. Until I stopped, something happened. I can't remember what it was, but where I got out of the routine and there was about a week there where I wasn't meditating and I thought, ah, okay. Mm -hmm. See, now I know what it was doing for me and I got to go back. 
because yes. I missed it. I missed it that much. And I thought, so um, it is something that I think people have to really give themselves time enough to practice. So the busy person out there that says, I've tried meditating before and didn't work for me. It's like, okay, try it again. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's one of those things that you do have to practice. Yeah. And, and you also have to be in a place in your life where you're really willing to, to commit to it and that you want to see the change in your life that comes from it. I mean, I know for me, I did try it at different stages in my life and maybe at certain points I wasn't quite ready or maybe I just wasn't committed at that point. Now I am. Um, but you know, I know someone and I don't know if you uh, listen to Marianne Williamson at all, but you know, her meditation audios actually were what really helped me to begin that process and were very transformational for me and meditations for a miraculous life is is an audio program that I started with that I still to this day um, listen to and, and I just find them to be incredibly powerful she's fabulous and I think it's we're so lucky nowadays because whether it's Marianne Williamson or whether it's um, right now um, Oprah and Deepak are doing another free 21 day yeah. meditation challenge there's so many free guided meditations out there that there's really not an excuse if you have a smartphone you exactly. have a meditation teacher yes. in your pocket yes. and so I think there's really not an, an excuse to at least give it a try and, and like I said there's just too many successful people that list meditation as one of their key critical success factors and the morning rituals um, for it not to be um, you know, a key step, a, a key step for people to really get into that space. For me, it helped me decorporatize, as you said. I, I never meditated when I was in the corporate world. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's perfect. Um, Lisa, let's take it back to the book for just a quick second mm. here. So, you know, um, first of all, let me just ask you really quickly, you know, where can people get your book if they're interested in uh, taking a read? Because I know it, it just from our interview today, it sounds like it's just incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's on Amazon.com. Um, Amazon.com is the best place to get it right now. There's both the Kindle version as well as the paperback. Okay, awesome. That's Finding Fabulous, Paving the Path Between Paycheck and Passion. Yeah. So that is awesome. And, you know, just really quick for our listeners one more time, what do you think is the biggest transformation or, or the biggest aha maybe that they will get out of reading this? I mean, I can't imagine in reading all these stories of these transformations that people made that you can't leave just so on fire and inspired, but give us a couple big ahas maybe that they'll get out of it. Yeah, the big the big aha is really the awareness of the possibilities, I think. You know, I purposely interviewed everyday ordinary people. And they have maybe have done extraordinary things, but I, I didn't want to do a compilation of, you know, the Richard Brands and the Oprah Winfrey's and the right. Steve Jobs. I mean, a beautiful success from humble beginnings, but they're so far into their success, it's sometimes hard for people to relate to it. And so I wanted the stories of the everyday person, just like you and me, who maybe even just began their, I've got people that just began their journey, people that are in the heart of it, and some people that are like well into it and, and have fabulous success stories. And so really starting to get that aha of what's possible. I want people to be able to ask themselves the questions and really dare themselves to say, what does this look like, you know, for my life? And throughout each chapter, at the end of each chapter, I've listed some, you know, real simple practical um, exercises and questions to get people thinking from the perspective of their own life. Because as much as we can be inspired by other people's stories, I believe we do have to do the work ourselves. And I call it the, I call it your own filter, right? Like I put a Lisa filter on things. Like I take all the knowledge right. and, and tools and resources I hear from everybody else. And then I have to put it through the Lisa filter and say, that's amazing. But does that seem right for my life? Well, maybe I'll steal that idea idea, but I'll change this over here. And so I think that's uh, the big thing is that you can start to take 
small steps towards the life that you want. And it not only um, gets you moving toward that, but it also gives you this sense of um, starting to be okay with the situation you're in. So some people are absolutely miserable. Once they start taking steps towards where they're going, they can say, okay, it's okay. I can handle this because I'm moving towards something else. Right. You know, it's that, yes. th- that feeling comes right from those first few steps. You don't have to have the perfect ideal life before you can actually enjoy it. Yes. And you don't have to know exactly how you're going to make it happen. You just have to get started, right? Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. So Lisa, I want to thank you so much for everything that you shared today and um, for being an excellent guest on the show and adding so much value for our listeners. And to everybody that's tuning in today, you know, it's all about being intentional, creating that white space for your life, asking yourself, you know, who do you want to be? Where do you want to go with your life? And just taking that first step to create the outcomes that you really see as being most in alignment with who you really are. So if you enjoy today's episode, please share Unstoppable Success Radio with someone who you believe would benefit from the powerful content we share in each and every episode. And if you are ready to skyrocket your sales and multiply your income, visit kellyroachcoaching.com and download the free gifts that you can access on my website, become a member of the email community, and you will receive exclusive benefits that I only share there. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Lisa, for being an incredible guest. Until next time. Ready to learn the strategies that six and seven figure entrepreneurs are using to work less, earn more, and scale their business quickly? Simply text the word profit class to 44222. That's profit class, all one word, to 44222 to reserve your spot in the very special, absolutely new, and totally free training that I'm hosting to help you create a profit breakthrough in your business fast. Simply text the word profit class. That's all one word to 44222 to reserve your spot today.